So when we talk about longevity, the actual thing you want to do forever is be you. Wow, mic drop, huh? Be you forever? How do you do it in your writing life? Putting your heart on the page, telling your stories can be a daunting task. Where do you start? How do you find your writing voice? Where can you find help creating a writing life that stands the test of time? I'm so glad you asked. Hey, I'm Clarissa Mall, and welcome to The Writerly Life, brought to you by Hope Writers, the most encouraging place on the internet for writers to make progress. Here at The Writerly Life, we help you expand your creativity, explore new techniques, and express your hope-filled words in a world that needs them. We'll help you learn to balance the art of writing with the business of publishing and learn to hustle without losing heart. You have words and your words matter. And as you write them, you can be you forever. Boldly, bravely, maybe even a little scared sometimes. You can be you in your writing life. So, welcome to the show, friends. Lean in, grab a pen, let's chat. This episode is all about finding where you belong in your writing life. Author Annie F. Downs has said, the actual thing you want to do forever is be you. We all love the sound of this, but how do we do it? How do you find where you belong in the writing world? Lean in and hear how Hope Writers co-founder Emily P. Freeman and Annie F. Downs describe it. So you have to be sure of what you're called to and, and go after that. And so that, I mean, and I also think that's why, and this is true for you too, I think, Emily, but um, that is why I don't just write books or I don't just have a podcast or I don't just speak on stages and other things that we're building is that I am, my calling does not just look like the written word. My calling looks like Annie is your friend you get coffee with. And sometimes you talk about the Bible. I know exactly what I'm on this planet for. Yes. And so I want to do that in as many ways as we can do that. My favorite way is the power of sitting down and writing a book and eating that elephant. I mean, I, I like who, how I've been shaped by writing books as much yeah. as anything. How have you made some of those decisions about what to say yes and no to? Um, when you said to the person who asked um, where you would focus your time, you said it depends on what you want. Yeah. How have you helped to determine and decide what it is you want in this work? Yeah. So a lot of people are in masterminds, right? I am not, but I know there are a lot of people that are in masterminds, but I think part of it is a word, I would use the word agency, is you need to get your agency together around you and help you determine. And then you've got to have a thesis statement for what you are doing. That's good. And I want to point out that that is, that is true for you as a working writer, no matter what you write. If, if, yes. if you don't have to want to write books, you don't have to be a faith-based writer. You yep. don't have to only write nonfiction. Like that is true for memoir, for fiction, for poetry, for any kind of work that you do that you want to do for the long haul. Yes. Um, it's important to have that overarching, those statements, those whatever you want to call it, um, that help you know the direction that you're going in. And I think that's such a great example, Annie, of how you, that is a, like a guiding light. It's like a candle in the darkness to help you move forward and to know 
this is the way that we go. Not this other way is not bad. It's just not mine. That's and right. for you to figure that out. That's right. And it doesn't make it, you and I have experienced this, but it makes it so much easier to cheer for each other when you know your lane. Yes. Because I, because when, when Jess Connolly's book comes out in September, I want her to hit New York Times so bad. I wanted you to hit New York Times. So like, of course, it is so easy for me to cheer for my friends because we all know our lanes. Yes. And so I can do, me doing my work and working as hard as I can, you doing your work, Jess's book coming out. If Jess hits New York Times in September, that does not detract from my work. That means right. our team wins. Absolutely. That means the, the water went up, the ships all rose. Yeah. Like, yes, we want, we want each other to succeed because y'all aren't, y'all don't have the same mission statement as me. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so, of course, I tell people to listen to your podcast. That doesn't mean they aren't going to listen to mine. I don't care if they do. They need what you offer. So yeah. they need, I need someone talking in that lane. And so it makes a ton of sense to like, yes, go know your lane for yourself, but know your lane so you can cheer each other on. Someone just like sent me a snarky message on Instagram about, because I'm doing a whole series on Enneagram this summer. And she's kind of like, why do Christians just want to think about themselves all the time? And I want to be like, a, if you would listen to the show, right? But B, the reason we figure out our lane is so we're better for other people. The reason we go to counseling is not for us. We go to counseling so that we don't make the people in our lives insane, right? right? Like the reason we need to know our purpose and our writing is so you can cheer for the other books that come out because yes, they, we need those books. I can't write the next right thing right? Like that's not my book, but man, I needed it. And I want everyone to buy it. And so I, when, when I know what my lane is, it makes it so easy for me to just like blaze forward and cheering for you and yours. Isn't that great? Know your lane. Your writing offers a unique contribution to the world. This isn't a competition. Your goal is simply to offer your hope-filled words to a world that needs them. So, whether you're starting out or you've been a writer for a long time, each of us needs to know what we want to say and how and why. But how do you develop your voice? Well, some writers say that you'll know your writing voice when you find it. But here at Hope Writers, we believe there are concrete steps you can take to develop a consistent voice in your work. We're not just hopers and dreamers, we're doers. Today, let's consider five practical tips to help you develop your own writing voice so that you can use it to reach others with your words of hope. Number one, write, write, write. There's no time like the present. You don't need to wait until you're qualified. Go ahead and write now, right now. As you seek to develop your writing voice, write as much as you can, wherever you can, whenever you can. It matters less what you write or how well you write than that you simply do it. Just like riding a bike or perfecting your golf swing takes time, developing your writing voice takes time too. The amazing thing you'll discover is that the more you write, the more you'll get to know your own voice, your emotions on the page, your intentions for your reader, your own cadences and special turns of phrase that make your writing uniquely yours. Daily investment in your words will help you draw forth your unique voice as you shape your hope-filled words. Number two, read with intention. 
author Alyssa Valdez has said that the best investment a writer can make is to get a library card. Here at Hope Writers, we couldn't agree more. As you seek to develop your writing voice, you want to write, 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 and read, read, read. Read widely and deeply. Read outside your comfort zone or your favorite genre. Lean in with writers you love and listen carefully to writers with whom you disagree. Journal your responses, jot down quotes, engage with their words in your own writing. You'll learn so much about the craft just by seeing it done well by others. Tip number three, play on the page. In 1930, Ruth Graves Wakefield ran out of baker's chocolate while baking cookies for her guests at the Toll House Inn. She grabbed a slab of Nestle's semi-sweet, chopped it, and threw it into the batter, hoping it would spread out in the baking. It didn't, and chocolate chip cookies were born. In the same way, experimentation in your writing makes you grow, and you just might discover something new and sweet. So, as you're trying to figure out where your writing belongs, be sure to have some fun. Do you have a good idea? Try storyboarding it for a children's picture book. Become your own art designer. Have a thought you'd like to share? Write an Instagram post or share it on your blog. You can try new or different genres or literary techniques to freshen up your writing life and you might discover a voice that feels very you in the process. Have you ever wondered if you're really a writer, if nobody's read what you've written? Well, I want to assure you that you are. If you write, you're a writer, whether or not you've written a book or seen your words in print. But if you've been hesitant to share your writing with others, I want to encourage you to try something different it's our number four tip, share your work. You may be able to keep your writing squirreled away forever without pressure, but at some point, try sharing your work as a way to develop your writing voice. Sharing your work can be vulnerable. So look for a friend who is supportive of you and your work. Someone who wants you to succeed as much as you do. Invite them to read your words and offer feedback. Ask specifically if your words sound like you. We all need people in our corner who can support our writing life. A good friend offers us affirmation and generosity and can help us shape our words to sound most genuinely like us. Number five, be generous with yourself. When it comes to writing, we're often our harshest critics, aren't we? We compare ourselves to others or doubt if our words have power. Developing your writing voice takes patient work and a heaping dose of self-kindness. So lastly, perhaps most importantly, be generous with yourself. Your writing is a craft and crafts take time to gain skill. Well, there's no rush. There's no deadline. The goal, after all, is meaningful words in the context of your meaningful life. Writing can become more enjoyable and more productive when we give our words the space and time to grow. You have stories within you waiting to be told. You have all the time you need 
and your writing voice will emerge as you take your next right step. Know your why, find your voice. It's all fundamental to figuring out where you belong and how to build your writing life. But as writers, we know this isn't an easy formula for success. Even as we get to know who we are on the page, we'll hit bumps along the way. That's why I love this story Annie F. Downs tells. I hope it inspires you too, to keep returning to your writing, to keep trying new things, to believe you have words and your words matter. So in 2009, I was working part-time for a nonprofit because I was not a successful author or Annie at anything. And I had gone to a conference in New York and I'd sat outside the Flatiron building and had come up with this idea for the nonprofit. And I thought, this is going to be what makes them a billion dollars. We're going to help so many people. So I'm with my buddy, Adam, and we sit outside the Flatiron building. I tell him the whole thing for hours. He was so generous and listened. I talked for hours. I came back home. We implemented the, my, the boss of the nonprofit totally trusted me. We implemented the, um, the program. It was actually called Project Annie. <laughs> we implemented Project <laughs> Annie and the first two months were great. And then it failed massively. It cost the nonprofit money. It cost me pride. It just did not go well, but man, I was glad I had tried it. And so I frame, I have a frame picture in my office of the Flatiron building. Sorry, I know, Emily, sorry, there, I get it. So I keep this framed in my office of the Flatiron building because it reminds me, you should try things and if they fail, that's okay. You should try things and it's okay if they don't work. So that was in 2010, sorry, it was 2010. And that's been in my office ever since. A month ago, I'm in New York for publishing meetings with publishers to talk about future books. And I am walking to meet my agent, our agent. And I get to the Flatiron building and I start Instagramming. And I'm going, you guys, I got to tell you the story about this building. And I tell them the story I just told you. And I go like, you should try whatever comes to your heart, whatever dream you have, you should at least try. Because I, if I would have never tried, I wouldn't have learned the power of failing at something and something failing. And I learned so much. We don't have time. I learned so much from Project Annie failing. And, and then I finished my Insta story and I'm like, I love that building. And I'm putting the address for my next meeting with the publisher and it is in the freaking Flatiron building. And I tear up immediately. I tear up immediately. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to go in there. I can't believe I get to go in there. So we go in for the meeting and I tell the editor that we're meeting with, I tell the editor the story and it's a huge, I mean, it, it's been a long-term dream of mine to take meetings in New York about publishing books. I mean, I just want, I want to be published in New York. And so I, um, so we have this meeting and the girl says, well, it's crazy that you're here this week because we actually move out of this building next week. She says, everyone's having to move out. It's becoming an apartment or a, a, like a hotel kind of thing. And she said, but actually our CEO is out today do you want to go up to his office? Cause he has the corner office and we can go stand on the balcony. <laughs> and I mean, I was falling apart. So here's the picture that we now have framed next to the other one of the view from, um, that spot. Cause it was just like the Lord went like, Hey, I, I'm going to cry saying, the, saying this to you. I saw you then I see you now. Right? Like if this episode was helpful to you, just imagine how helpful the entire hour-long interview with Annie F. Downs would be. Each week, inside Hope Writers Membership, there's a new one-hour Tuesday teaching with either an agent, editor, social media strategist, 
or author like Annie F. Downs. Hope Writers helps you make progress in your writing life. Whether you're writing blog posts, articles, on social media, or in a book. If you want to be serious about your words and your reader, we're here for you. For writing tips and encouragement, find us on Instagram at Hope Writers or at our public Facebook page, Hope Writers Community. Last, a final word from author Richard Bach. A professional writer is an amateur who didn't quit. In the end, writing is just an exercise in perseverance. Or, as we say here at Hope Writers, celebrating progress and taking our next right step in love. Thanks for listening, writer friend. As you step into this week, remember to keep writing. Your words matter. We can't wait to read them. If you found this episode of The Writerly Life helpful, be sure to like and comment below here on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. If you're listening in, be sure to rate and review the podcast in Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help others to know you found the content helpful. See you next week.